Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bargamilis, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as usual, is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today, besides still coughing? I know. Um, I did buy... Well, apparently there's like a Robitussin shortage in America right now, and I have a lot of allergies. That means I can't take a lot of over-the-counter cold medicine. So I have this weird like off-brand Robitussin, which I just took some of right before we started recording this. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be better, she said with a question mark at the end. And if you start declaring yourself the lizard queen in the middle of this, I'll just keep going. Okay. (laughs) That sounds fair. So what are we talking about today? Well, today is a very important episode, a very special episode on many levels. Uh, It is our last podcast of 2022. The fact that I had to think about what year it was there for a second is just a sign of the terrible times that we live in. But uh, we are going to take a couple of weeks off for this, after this, for the holidays. But uh, to send the year out with a bang, we are doing our annual holiday what we love this year extravaganza which means that not only are Annie and I gonna talk at you but also regular contributors Carmen Groen and Janet Mullaney are here hi guys hi hello welcome to the holiday party I guess thank you for inviting me us (laughs) (laughs) when you say it like that it sounds like it's you and like your several personalities (laughs) (laughs) this is also this is also a special uh, episode because this is gonna be Carmen's last for a while um Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's taking a little break. She's got a grandkid and stuff to do. So stuff I guess do. she doesn't want to hang out in my closet with me anymore. Virtually. <laughs> it's fine. Well, it's a very nice closet. Maybe by, maybe by the time she comes back or decides that she's got the energy to deal with us again, you'll have a desk. I oh. have a desk now. I just haven't felt like doing the test because I know that um, my office gets a lot of street traffic noise mm. for some reason. We need to fix our we need to fix the windows in the townhouse like we need to redo them. But we spent like a lot of money this year, so that's a next year project. Uh, so I don't know. It's a little loud in there. Mm. I don't know. We'll do some. Maybe I'll do some tests over the holiday, and we'll and we'll see. Because I have like a desk in a chair, and I could I could be a real girl instead of in the hiding closet, in your closet. But, mm-hmm. Hey, I did this for a year on the floor, so technically this is a this is a step up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a raise in status. <laughs> So, uh, okay. Got a chair. So this this episode is all about our favorites from 2022. Um, So I don't know. Let's lead it off since Carmen and Janet aren't usually here. Carmen, do you want to start? What was your favorite show that you covered for us this year or just favorite British show in general? Or both. Well, I looked back because, you know, sometimes you kind of forget what what was at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a um, very long time ago. It, it was a very long time ago. So I... As far as like what I covered, um, I would say my two favorite things were the most recent, um, which was Magpie Murders. And I also kind of thought, oh, yeah, I forgot. I really liked Around the World in 80 Days. I forgot about that. Wait, that was this year? That was this year? (laughs) Seems so long ago. I know. I, wow. <laughs> did not realize that. <laughs> I have to say, like, of the shows that we did towards the beginning of the year that I was not expecting to like, Around the World in 80 Days was really a genuine surprise. Yes. Yes. I I, I, I just forgot about it. I feel like I also like that, but I also dispute that I watched that this year. Like, seriously? <laughs> Well, honestly, like, I think part of it, you know, I mean, David Tennant is good at anything. Um, so I think that that helped. But I also think just the way they modernized it was really good. Um, and I really liked the idea that we might get a, a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea as a season two. But uh, I, I don't know what's happened with that because, you know, they basically sort of left us on a cliffhanger at the end w- suggesting that we were going to go find the Nautilus and then nothing happened. Right. You know, I think that's been a problem with um with um productions this year that they're really hinting and trying for a second season. So they put a cliffhanger in there or something that is yet to be resolved and I'm finding it just annoying. And 
I, I, I should also say, here I am being negative. I really didn't like Around the World in 80 Days. I, but it taught me a valuable lesson. If a series trailer starts with people running away from an explosion, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> Just skip hey it. Hey, now, you loved Cobra. <laughs> well, I didn't love Cobra. It entertained me. Um, but, you know, I finally figured out, I know we talked about it before, what was wrong with Cobra? The, wrong, the thing with Cobra is that... Um, that government could not... Was well, incompetent? Well, it, it couldn't it run away from explosions. We had no idea what they were going to do had there not been a massive great disaster. But actually, it's very true to life about the British government. So, um, <laughs> you know, policy less posh people wandering about. So art imitates life. Well, I mean, I mean, honestly, it could be worse. Cobra season three could be whether or not the prime minister could outlast a head of lettuce. That's right. True. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, I have to say, like, when you see a trailer and people are running away from an explosion, the last thing I think is PBS. And oh, that's true. That's and very I true. found this sort of action adventure show as part of the Sunday night lineup to be, I don't know if, uh, I mean, I, I can see where like some like regular viewers would be like explosions running away. No, but honestly, like I felt it was sort of refreshing simply because it was so different and it was so not a thing that we get very often, except in shows like Cobra, which are not good, but are funny. Even if they're not actually supposed to be. Unintentionally. I have to say not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know if if they managed to make a second season of 20,000 Leagues, would you be interested in watching it at this point? Or would you let it go since it's been so long since the first season? Um, I think I would want to see pe people not swimming away from a large explosion. I think that just wouldn't work. Just no on that in general. How about a large That's whale fair. instead? Yes, being swallowed by a whale. <laughs> and David Tennant has a wooden leg. That seems remarkably familiar, yes, doesn't it? it? Does. Well, the David Tennant thing, though, too, is he is in everything. Mm -hmm. So if they have it announce something yet it just may be you know they're waiting for him to be available i don't know i mean mm -hmm. but i really yeah, like spent how long filming all the stuff for doctor who next year yeah it's true yeah. he really was sort of tied up so i you know that might be part of the reason we haven't heard anything but you know i like the different locations they went to i like the chemistry between the three travelers um I don't know. I, I, I guess it was just I wasn't expecting a lot and I liked it better than I thought I was going to. And so now I look back at it. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> hey, you know, the bigotry of soft expectations really can yes. work in television's favor sometimes. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, but it's interesting, though. I mean, how your tastes can change. Um, I mean, for instance, some series that I really enjoyed two years ago didn't like them now. Gosh, I'm being terribly negative. Shall I say something I liked? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I think I think Janet, it is now your turn to tell us what you liked the best, either of stuff you covered or stuff you watched, or just in general. Janet, it's like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I loved the Serpent Queen. Oh yes, I me mean, too. I know I know it was historical <laughs> rubbish. Apparently, Mary Queen of Scots was not a lunatic Catholic teenager. Uh, well, I mean, she was a Catholic teenager, but but she wasn't a lunatic. She um, and uh, the clothes the clothes looked great. Apparently, they were a bit wacko, but that's okay. They were wacko to a purpose. And Samantha Morton can do no wrong in my book. I think Agreed. she was absolutely amazing, and also Liv Hill. Fabulous, fabulous performances, and um, and a really compelling storyline um, with the and great casting, and oh, those castles and gardens! My gosh, they were amazing. I will never forget Liv Hill stepping out of a carriage that is shaped like an egg, an egg in those shoes, and all I could think is, I'm pretty sure I saw Lady Gaga show up to the VMAs in that exact same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> you probably did <laughs> because there were a lot of hidden little cultural references in that series um, like the sports commentator who spoke for about 10 seconds at the jousting scenes and it was so clever and 
it sounded absolutely right. Now, I, ju- I, I just love that. I thought it was fantastic. Um, can I talk about something yes. else I liked? Yes. Um, I'm looking at my list here. I have the um, things I didn't <laughs> like, things I do like, and things I'm looking forward to. Um, and I like Gentleman Jack. I'm very sorry that is not going to be renewed. It's not my fault. I'm English, but it's really not my fault. It's not going to be renewed for th- for third season. Um, but on the other hand, it seemed like they were changing the storyline as they went along, um, because the the um, the farmer who was eaten by his pigs that was never resolved. Although I think it was going to be, because at one point IBDM. No, International Movie Database, IMDB, mentioned there was a hangman. And I thought, aha, so he's being brought to justice. But it never happened. So that was a storyline that disappeared. Also, they're running into a problem because I think Anne is about 45 at this point, And she lived only a few years after that. She's got about five years to go. So what are you going to do with that? Um, you know, there is no happy ending really there because apparently um, uh, Anne, who is not Lister, uh, went into a sort of depressed decline afterwards and her family stepped in and were and were nasty to her as usual. It's a real shame. Uh, the other series, and I've got a review coming out of this, I think probably in a day or so, uh, was Karen Perry, which was just absolutely astonishing. I mean, it is the best whodunit I've seen all year. And there have been many of them. And some haven't been very good. Yes, right. But it is just beautifully done. And the interesting thing about it is that there are three possible villains. And you like them. Uh they are the three suspects of a cold case murder. And you get to learn about what's happened to them in the last 20 years and what they've done with their lives. And it's absolutely riveting stuff. I just love that. It's And it's so sort of minimalist as well. You know, I mean, it's filmed in Scotland, but it's not like, oh, let's have a shot of a few mountains now and a car driving along a road. I mean, there's a bit of that. There has to be because they have to show people getting from A to B. But, um, but it's not a sort of tourist film. Mm. And I was, and I thought that was very refreshing. Yeah, I, I, I think that is something that we've sort of experienced a lot of, which I haven't complained about, frankly, because you know, being stuck mm-hmm. in your house, having uh, British shows sort of take you to the places you can't go because getting on an airplane is not a That's thing. That's right. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, it is. I think, in I think, in a way, we are sort of reaching the point where that's not as necessary anymore for our escapism. Um, and I think suddenly mm-hmm. going back to not having everything be sort of a travelogue show um, is actually mm-hmm. probably about, I, I think we're about right on time for that. Um, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. also want to talk about Karen Perry. Um, I really loved this show. Um, not, I, I, you started to touch on this a little bit. The reason I loved it is that, you know, with doing cold cases, and this is a problem that Unforgotten has had, is that if you wait too long between the actual cold case and the and and the solution for it, um, Unforgotten Season 1 had a 40-year gap. By the time they bring the person to justice, it doesn't feel like justice is being done anymore because it's been 40 years and they've lived this whole life and they have this whole like world that they've you know and they've changed and they've grown and they've they've done other things with their lives and so to have this sort of justice come back out of nowhere at them sometimes doesn't feel like it works and i think the thing that karen Perry really hit was that unfairness and that sense of you don't want any of these people really and it, it instead mm-hmm. of it being a problem it was something it leaned into and that's really unusual in these sorts of shows. And that's what that's what mm-hmm. I really liked about it. I, I know that, that that this is yeah. not really Lacey and Carmen's lane, these sort of whodunits. It is not. It's <laughs> um, but I'm like, I, I think I can maybe identify a photo from that show. Only if it's like a still of the main actress. That's as much as I know about <laughs> yeah, it. I know that one. Yeah. Miles from Lylander. <laughs> um, I, I actually, I'm sort of hoping, I don't, I, I I need to look into whether or not there's a season two coming because I, I think this is one that's kind of a sleeper hit. Um, you know, mm-hmm. 
the BritBox has had a lot of whodunits this year, and some have been really great, and some have been not so great. Um, mm, you know, yeah. Harry Wilde comes to mind, which has gotten a season two and three, by the way. Oh, good lord. Well, you think <laughs> everybody's taking away their season twos now. Mm, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm really kind of hoping that this one kind of gets to go the distance um, above some of the others I've seen that, that are getting to. Okay. Considering I don't, I'm not, I mean, I read more um, whodunits than I probably watch. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, why. Um, but uh, I did enjoy the um, Why Didn't They Ask Evans on Brit Bucks. I thought that was well done. And I, you know, I reviewed that a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's not a PBS thing, but, you know, Hugh, um, Hugh Laurie, um, directing and the cast was really good the young actors were good um, um will will poulter who uh, yeah. uh who stars in it is actually about to become like a serious a-lister because he's gonna hit the marvel circuit uh come spring uh, okay i've been watching mm -hmm. him since he was a small boy when he was in son of rambo <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah just, just uh keep an eye out when when guardians of the galaxy 3 hits mm. he has mm -hmm. a major role in that um I really like the why can't why why didn't they ask Evans? But I think the thing that I really liked about it more than anything else was that I I knew going into it the Britbox Britbox first of all has basically gone full Agatha Christie. It has gotten mm -hmm. the rights to literally every single mm -hmm. Agatha Christie television adaptation that it can get its hands on and get the rights to, and it's going to make speaking of Marvel like a Christie cinematic universe. Mm. And this was sort of its like um, its opening salvo to that, mm -hmm. and that to me was very promising, in terms of if this is what we're going to mm -hmm. get in their Christie universe, I'll, I'm good right. with this. I, I can, right. I'll, I'll I'll watch more of these, you know, especially because it was so, you know, David Suchet was so iconic as Paro, and mm -hmm. Kenneth Branagh has been so bloody terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that it's been almost like you can't get over the Suchets to to get new Christies. Like yeah. the the Sarah What's Her Names, the 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 ones that she's been doing these kind of one offs. You notice that she almost never uses Poirot or Marple because mm -hmm. she does the ones that are sort of like off to the side right, that we don't right. usually see. Is it see. Sarah Phelps? Is that? Who's yes, doing thank that? you, Sarah Phelps. Yeah. Thank you. That was she also um she's done some time on Doctor Who as well. Mm. She 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 avoids the stuff that Suchet made famous. And I think mm -hmm. that's very deliberate on her part and very smart. Um, and I've been sort of hoping to see, like, where the next Agatha Christie world will come from now that we've had some distance from Suchet. And I'm thinking that this this is a good sign Brit Box might have it. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a whole generation which has not experienced, um, you know, the long running Agatha Christie series. Um, and so I think, you know, we're ready for it. Mm -hmm. And please, let's uh, somebody take Kenneth Branagh out back and just explain to him that he needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, he should be out there doing King Lear or something. <laughs> Lacey, yes. what did you love this year? So what did I love this year? Well, I watched a lot of things this year, and sadly, a lot of them were not very good. I'm so sorry. Um, I will co-sign oh. The Serpent Queen, which basically was sort of made in a lab for me. With Samantha Morton and great costumes and this story of this woman who may or may, of this infamous bad woman who probably wasn't as bad as history would really like you to believe. That just, it did everything for me. Um, what else did I enjoy? Uh, I really did like The Gilded Age. Which apparently also was out this year, believe yes! it or not. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> and I liked it, weirdly, I liked it. Despite the fact that it's not really about anything, <laughs> I mean, yes. it's just like a lot of nothing, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, th that is kind of a problem with that show is that, you know, um, Julian Fellows wanted to do an American version of Downton Abbey. But the thing is, is that Downton Abbey is kind of even though Downton Abbey is about nothing, it's about a thing. It's about the fall of the aristocracy and this this mid range aristocracy that sort of collapsed during that time period. So there's always sort of an arc that's happening even when nothing is happening. And it's sort of like he forgot to give the American version some kind of arc in that way. Yeah, like kind of just nothing happens, but the outfits mm -hmm. are great and Carrie Coon is amazing. And 
I love George and Bertha Russell, who are just sort of like relationship goals. And and my God, season two's cast. Like, did they leave anyone out? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like they added like 26 people to the cast to a cast that was already 26 people. <laughs> I know. I mean, if we could just jettison the downstairs people, I would just be a lot happier. <laughs> Um, I I am really looking forward to the Gilded Age season two, though. Um, and even though I'm making fun of the fact that the cast is like a cast of thousands at this point, um, and that's because from what we've seen of the casting and the characters that are supposed to turn up, it's pretty obvious that Bertha is going to pack her daughter up and head to London and snare themselves a genteel poverty title. I mean, yeah, we got to remember that the show started out as mm. a Downton prequel about Cora, so mm-hmm. that would track. So, so I'm I'm real big yeah. into the show going there, and honestly, if that's where we get sort of a final over arc by getting to season two, I'll forgive season one because I mean, Bertha's dresses, and I enjoy I enjoyed season one for what it was. I don't think I wouldn't I wouldn't be like you have to watch this. It's like the epitome of period drama, but it's perfectly serviceable and entertaining. Um, what else did I like? A lot of things that I really like this year have subsequently been canceled, which is very disappointing. Um, I loved Becoming Elizabeth, which will not be getting a second season. And I really enjoyed the trashiness of Dangerous Liaisons, which got a second season and has had the second season taken back. Yes. And they got the clothes right. They did amazing things with the clothes. I thought I was like, look at this sort of like period drama show about scammers. I love it. (laughs) Like it really didn't try to be something it wasn't. And I respected it for that. I thought it was really fun. Um, I before we get to the cancellations and the sort of turnover that we're about to sort of get next year, um, I just wanted to real shout out to my favorite show of the year. Um, which was Sherwood. Oh, I love Sherwood. <laughs> I really did like Sherwood as well, and that's rare for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I every year there are I, I watch a lot of television. Like I watch a lot of television, you guys. A lot. Um and I think I watch maybe one to two shows a year that are really great, you know, and and they come at points when I'm never expecting them. Like, like I'll, I'll never forget discovering Chernobyl the week after Game of Thrones ended and how blown away I was um, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Sherwood for me was such that kind of moment this year. Like of all the shows that I watched, I sat down and I wasn't I, I didn't know what to expect, but I was so genuinely blown away by it. Mm-hmm. And even though I cannot figure out how a season two will exist other than in an anthology way, I am 1000% here for it because if it is even close to the level of Sherwood, it will be better than 95% of what I watched this year. I mean, that just had an excellent cast. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had an excellent mystery. It had an excellent um, political angle. It had an excellent history angle. I mean, I, I understand for some people that the time jump episode was difficult because it was sort of hard to to go from which act, which famous actor was playing the younger version of which famous right, actor. And yeah. I get that. Um, but honestly, like, I was just, I was so genuinely impressed by that in a way that I was not expecting to be. And if there was one show that I had to, go, if I had to come up with exactly one show for Anglophiles to watch this year, it mm-hmm. would be to go subscribe to BritBox for a week, get your free week, watch all six episodes. Yeah. Promise yeah. you it was worth it. I had a, a coworker and I told her, you know, I said, I told her to watch it. And then she would come in and say, oh, you know, it, it would be, it, it was those, um, it's just like, I can't believe that just happened moments at the end of the episodes. Like, did, did he hit her with a shovel? Or, or did he really get out of the car and run across the highway? <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a great show. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that fascinating, though, that that's going back to the times when people used to, you know, save um, their Sunday evenings or their Thursday evenings or whatever to watch Masterpiece. And, you know, you didn't put anything on the calendar um, because you didn't want to miss the next episode of whatever it was. 
appointment television has really gone out the window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Except um, I think that uh, Amazon Prime is now encouraging people to have watch parties. But it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, it, that is that is that is sort of a thing. Um, Disney Plus, uh, Disney, it, you know, they are uh, the giant monopoly owns ABC and the people who run Disney Plus genuinely believe in the weekly appointment television uh, model. They really do. And so every show that comes mm -hmm. out on Disney Plus is a weekly release. And it's actually worked for them. Like, people get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch Star Wars. <laughs> Those people are crazy. <laughs> Those people yeah. are crazy, but it works. And it's encouraged other networks like Amazon to do this sort of appointment television thing or try to create one where you do a watch party at 8 p.m. the day it came out so everybody can sit down and watch together on Twitter. Like, I, I, see, I, I see them trying to come back to that. And I think that's actually a really bad sign for Netflix because Netflix 1,000% put their, their, their brand on the binge. And mm -hmm. if the binge doesn't stick, if we really do all go back to appointment television because that's what we liked and we liked the communal experience of watching television together and seeing these cliffhangers together, they have to figure out how to 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 pivot without actually losing it. You know, and like they've done it with some shows like Great British Bake Off being a perfect example. But in general, like Netflix, I mean, a lot of their reality shows come in batches. Yeah. Not to be like, I watch all of their terrible reality <laughs> shows, but I watch all of their terrible <laughs> reality shows and like Too Hot to Handle or Love is Blind or mm -hmm. the Circle or whatever. They come in like batches of three. And that that's them trying to sort of split the difference, like like chop the baby in half. And I, I don't know if it works because I don't watch those reality shows. I watch British Bake Off. Um, speaking of British Bake Off, ladies. Yes. <laughs> oh dear must we <laughs> come on i know what let's... you're gonna say <laughs> I, 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 before i talk before i ask you guys about your opinion of paul i'm actually going to take a moment to plug the great american holiday baking show which is over on roku along with all of the old british bake-off episodes that never aired in the states because Paul and Ma Paul and Prue are the judges on the American version, and it's all celebrities. And these celebrities know Americans don't like Paul, and they do not give a crap about him. And they just give him guff left, right, and center. And it is, uh, it will do your heart good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent! <laughs> all right. Anyway, so um, I know both of you are Bake Off fans, so you know. Talk to me about this season. You know, Lacey and I did an episode on it, which we could we didn't manage to get you guys on. So I'd love to hear your opinions. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was depressing. <laughs> I mean, there was precious little cooking in it, and I, I, I mean, Paul. I mean, he's been obviously been told by by the by the directors. Look, you don't have to do anything. Just roam around, Hulk. stare at people. Yeah. I need to know what you thought of all the weird sort of judge insertion, like the competitions where the judges would literally like sit in the room with them and watch them do it. I hate, which is like one of the things I hated the most about the oh, season. That was yeah. That was when they were doing time sensitive oh, yeah, cooking yeah, yeah. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was either going to collapse or melt or explode <laughs> or something. Can we just go back to like here? Let's make a Victoria sponge, right? Seriously, yeah. Make some scones, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know. I think one thing is the things they're asking people to do. A lot of them aren't really baking. Yes, that was Lacey and my big complaint. That's yeah. not something that, and it's not something that yes. there are like even under the best case scenario you could barely finish whatever that is in yeah. the time that they've right. given i just hate that it feels like the whole season people were just set up to fail yeah and i also felt that a lot of the things they made like the custard episode episode it's like i wouldn't want to eat those <laughs> i mean they look sort of disgusting <laughs> Even if they are beautiful objects. There were a lot that involved just a prodigious amount of gelatin, which mm -hmm. disturbed oh, yeah. me. And I was like, I'm not eating that. Well, I mean, honestly, like the the four the four layer 
uh, dulce de leche cakes, which is like literally asking people to make a four layer bowl of soup. The only way that's going to work is if you use like a pound of gelatin. And then everyone's like, well, they're rubbery. Well, you did ask for a four layer bowl of soup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. The Mexican episode was the worst. I mean, they Uh, asked them to make tacos, and the only thing about that that could have even been close to being considered baking was the tortilla. Which Paul didn't (laughs) know the name of and kept referring to as the taco when he didn't call it a cracker. Oh. (laughs) I, 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 I. And my question is, too, I just couldn't get behind very many of the contestants. I really didn't care about them. Um. And I just wonder, are they, are they telling yeah. us less about them? You know how they used to... Is that okay. why? Well, okay. Yeah. Part of this is because this was the first time we've been back out of the Bake Off bubble mm. since the pandemic. But they're still not totally able to do all the things they used to. So they're not doing the home visits that they used to do. Got it. Where okay. you really got yeah. to see their family life and really got to meet like the people they cared about. So when mm-hmm. those people then showed up for the finale... It, it 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 resonated, yeah. And so they they had they've mm-hmm. they've lost that since 2020. Mm-hmm. And even though they've exited the bubble and people are going home now, you could still see that not everything is back to normal. When we had two people who were not sure if they were feeling well, they were told to stay home. Right, like that's right. something the show'd never done before, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now and mm-hmm. and and not doing home visits was another one where you could tell that they're trying to limit exposure. Yeah. So you know, well, I, we, it affected yeah. how I connected to uh, the bakers. I felt. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I would. I would actually say, and I probably did say this on our other episode already, so sorry for those of you who are going to hear it again, but I also think the show lost any sort of uh, even veneer of, like, neutrality. It it so had, like, these are the ones we want to make Mm -hmm. the final, and then there's, like, these other people. Mm -hmm. And it really felt like you could see the sort of finger on the scale, Mm -hmm. and that is not what the show has been about to me. So I hated that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the thing was that um, it used to be a sort of standard that you would actually feel sad when people left. Yeah. I used to cry. And, and then this time I was like, oh, well, <laughs> they've gone. Yeah, I expected yeah. that. Well, that wasn't quite how I expected that person to be eliminated. But yeah, no, that yeah. tracks. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those are all the things that we liked. Is there something I don't want to be too negative. But is there some show that really... Let's let's say biggest disappointment, because I've got mine. Biggest disappointment. There we go. That's a better way of putting it. <laughs> what is your biggest disappointment? I've got mine, and it is the final season of Killing Eve. Ah, <gasps> that's, that's good. I like that. Which literally, like, I can't even believe that that is eight hours of my life that I'll never get back. Like, it really felt like everything that worked for the show, they just forgot about it. Like, I didn't feel like there was any real closure to anything, like... Yay, they got to kiss that one time before a Villanelle was like brutally murdered and then they reached for each other in the water, but she sank, I guess. I don't know. It was really disappointing. Wait, wait, Villanelle was murdered? <laughs> yeah, it was just really like, it was I so knew. disappointing because nothing about it. I, I feel like, you know how everybody right now is talking about those weird chat bots that like write things? I feel like this is like a season that a chat bot wrote. <laughs> and I hated it. I... I, I... You know, when we t- we talked about this in the Killing Eve episode. This was a product of something that they sort of stumbled into, which is the passing it from showrunner to showrunner, passing the baton like mm. this and trying to give different women a chance to run a big show. So it was like a game of telephone. So season one was Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and she had this <laughs> real idea. And when she passed the baton to Emerald Fennell, Emerald Fennell had a different idea, but her idea was in conversation with what Waller Bridge had done. And it felt like she had a really clear point of view mm-hmm. for le- for even if I didn't necessarily like agree with it, like I saw what it was trying to do. I don't know what this season was trying to do other than like make it to eight episodes. Yeah. Season three was very much not in conversation with those first two seasons, but whoever the the woman who took over it, who was the woman from The Walking Dead, she was obviously obsessed with Villanelle, which Okay, that's great, but the show is called Killing Eve. Please remember that Eve is a character. 
And then this one just, I I don't even know. Like, it was like they just, uh, it's like they failed to understand what it was about the show that people liked. Like, they seemed to think that we cared about the 12. I don't, I still don't even feel like anybody ever even told me who the 12 were, though. They didn't. Um, and <laughs> the the most the the only narrative drive I could find for season four was we've signed Fiona Shaw to do a spinoff. Set that up because oh God, that is that still happening? Oh yes, that's happening. Oh good lord! Oh yes, oh, no one. Oh, it's like about the twelve, isn't it? No one cares. No one cares. I would like to note to you guys that every press release I've gotten about it is packaged with Orphan Black stuff. And that's why you probably haven't noticed it because we write about the Orphan Black stuff and I put the Killing Eve spinoff off in a corner and we never get to it. <laughs> so that's why you right, aren't noticing. Next. <laughs> Who else is disappointed in things? Janet. Let me re- refer to my extensive <laughs> list. Um, I, I was really disappointed with The Crown. I, I thought it was just a mess. Um, and um, the casting just seemed really, really weird. Um, it's interesting watching Imelda Stanton do a, do a posh lady because she generally doesn't. Um, but I don't know. You know, you didn't. Um, I didn't know why Leslie Manville was playing Princess Margaret because basically all she did was stand around and say things like, I think I'll have another martini I mean, now. honestly, living the dream, though. It- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, other than having to live in in um, in Buckingham Palace, I mean, <laughs> but it was um, I thought it was very disappointing. That's really interesting because you know I I liked the Crown this season. Um, I I agree with you about Leslie Manville. She was absolutely underused. Um, Amelda Staunton, as much as I loved her as the Queen, you are correct in that she does not play posh ladies very often. And the last time she played a posh lady of this type was um, uh, Dolores Umbridge. And that meant that a lot of people took one look at Queen Elizabeth and said, (laughs) that's not Queen Elizabeth. That is Dolores Umbridge. (laughs) And that was kind of a problem. Um, Though That being said, I genuinely loved Vicky as as Diana. I loved her, Diana. And I really genuinely think that she deserves awards for that. Um, Now, I just can't get over the fact that everybody, and I said this, I'm just repeating. You would have just spliced me into this episode from things (laughs) I've said on other episodes. But... (laughs) I really cannot get over how people are like, oh, no, we have to tell everyone it's fictional because it's so mean to Charles. And it was like the kindest Charles edit I could have imagined. Just so lame. Absolutely. I mean, from the fact that Dominic West was way too hot to be Charles to the fact that they made him look like yes, he could that break was, dance. That was stunning. To like I know, The everything. fact that they put that, like, remember that he's a nice man who supports charity in the same one that was the like, same episode that was like, look at him gaslighting and emotionally abusing his wife. Like, win some, lose some, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. More of your extensive list, please. More of my extensive list. Actually, mm, well, there was persuasion. Let's not talk about uh, persuasion. I didn't. I didn't expect anything. I wasn't disappointed in that because I didn't expect anything from that. That exactly yes. met my expectation. <laughs> um, no, I seem to. I seem to spend a lot of time. Um, you know, spending fifteen minutes on the first episode of something and then and then not doing it. Um, there are a couple of movies that I liked. Um, Leslie Manville again, mm-hmm. um, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. That was amazing. That was just a lovely, lovely movie. Mm-hmm. She got, uh, she got, she just got the Golden Globe nomination for that. She, she, she deserves it. That was incredible. Um, I'm also sitting here in the dark and I'm having trouble reading my list. I know it's slowly gotten dark around you because it gets dark early now. And it's very, you're like now like kind of a floating yeah. head with your mic in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm really beginning to feel that Call the Midwife is losing its oomph. Oh no, Carmen's ready to fight. Carmen? No, no, no. I, oh no, I, Carmen agrees. I, I, have, I have my I have my things I liked and the not so much list, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Call the Midwife is Call the Midwife, and I've been writing it for years, and I, you know, whatever. I, yeah, I didn't feel mm-hmm. a whole lot of anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Was this the season where the people got? In a train accident? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yes. 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 I I really also wish 
um, that there were some characters who were rabid left-wingers. Um, because there just aren't. They're also sort of middle of the road and bland. Mm -hmm. I feel like Stephen McGann's character is supposed to be, but because it's because he's her husband, she can't actually bring herself to write him like that. So he comes off as far too reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do actually genuinely think that because I feel like a lot of the times the setups are such that were he his were his edit to be less kind, he would be far more rabid. Mm -hmm. But he's not, and he, you're correct. That is mm -hmm. sort of a gap that they're missing from this era, you know. Because my parent, my my parents mm -hmm. come from that era. My dad was one of those rabid rabid left wingers. Like I know those people exist. Yeah. I've met them. They they were in my life, and there should be one there, and there isn't. And that is that is a failing on their part. Yeah, they did have the silly episode about the commune. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was a sort of, ooh, dirty hippie <laughs> episode. Um, and, uh, and also, really, realistically, at this point, women were having their babies in hospitals. They really, really wanted to go and have babies in hospitals. So midwives didn't have that many home deliveries. They would be going out and dealing with people's ulcers and other less glamorous things. Well, there are fewer. There's more in the hospital or uh, the uh, maternity home or, or whatever. Although I have a friend who uh, she had her first child mm -hmm. in um, she's from Yorkshire and she had her first child in the hospital mm -hmm. uh, who's now in her early 50s. And her second son, they said, oh, you know, he was born in the I don't know, uh, 70, 1970 or so. And she had him at home, which I was kind of surprised. It was like they were going back to that at that point. Um, I think. Yeah, I think the um, the policy was for a long time, if your first delivery was okay, you could have subsequent mm -hmm. babies at home. Mm -hmm. I was born at home. My dad was born at home. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm old. Um, yeah, yeah. One time, one time I was visiting London with my daughter and um, she was quite little and we went on this pilgrimage to see the house where I was born and then sometime later I realised I'd taken <laughs> her to the wrong address. <laughs> well, it's fine. She won't know. <laughs> Except she might listen to the show, so yes. maybe she yeah. does now. But all right. Yeah. So Carmen, what were you disappointed in other than called midwife? Well, um, well, as you may recall, I wrote. Uh, I did the recaps for guilt. Oh, taking oh! one for the team, friend. <laughs> and oh dear. Like I mean, yeah, it wasn't something that I put my hand up and said, "Oh, I'd love to." No, do we that basically one. begged her to cover it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so is I that mean, really I'll... being disappointed or no, is that expectations not. being met? Right, right. <laughs> well, it was just me dreading ha trying to explain the, the twists and turns of that. Did we all know that show's coming mess. back for a third season? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Why? And this is why know. Carmen is quietly retiring. <laughs> She's like, I'm not getting stuck with that one again. <laughs> At least I won't have to do guilt again. Um <laughs> And, you know, remember when we talked about Hotel Portofino? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, that show. <laughs> so boring. Um, I, it was so pretty. It so was boring. very pretty. Um, um, I, actually want, I actually do want to talk a little bit about Hotel Portofino. Because Hotel Portofino was the first original from Eagle Eye Drama. And Janet just reviewed Suspect, which is the third remake that they did. And the first one not to come to PBS. Wait, is this the American Walter's Choice people? Yes, these are the American Walter's Choice people. Mm -hmm. Hotel Portofino is their first, not based on one of their one one of their Walter's Choice shows. And I felt that the fact that they didn't have a a, a bone structure that they were that they were working off of was a lot of the problem of Hotel Portofino. Not that that not that having a bone structure makes their shows work, as Janet discovered when she uh, covered Suspect for us. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Why did I suggest oh, that? <laughs> I, I, honestly, I was really glad you suggested that because I because I knew it was the Eagle Eye Drama people. And I was really curious about, mm -hmm. okay, so this is the one that PBS didn't take or that BritBox snatched up. I'm not sure which way mm -hmm. it happened. But the fact that it's not on PBS, the mm -hmm. fact that it's not in the usual Walter Choice world and it's going somewhere else, is it better or worse or just as bad? And the answer turned out to be just as bad. <laughs> Well, I was attracted to it because mm. of Richard oh. E. Grant. 
that he was very Richard E. Yeah. Grant for the, the, the one episode he existed on it. Uh, I, I was quite pleased yes. with his chewing of the furniture because he always does a great job of chewing the furniture. Yes. And he had this wonderful throwaway line about having connections in the pharmaceutical <laughs> business. There was a level where I was like, where's the Withnell connection? I, I, I want this to connect back. Yeah. But no, it never did. <laughs> um, the show that I was probably the most disappointed in, I don't know if I, I, I guess the answer for me... This is kind of hard because, you know, honestly, like, I think most shows kind of, like, met my expectations. I was semi-disappointed in Sanditon. I think that was one. That uh, I, yeah, I, same. I, I recapped that mm-hmm. one and I'll agree with you. Mostly because I hate, I, I just hated Charlotte's new love interests. Like, the one that I liked turned out to be a literal abuser. And the other one is just an expletive. So I don't want her to end up with any of those people. <laughs> I, I I almost like the fact that they've introduced someone new for her, and that it, they actually keep. Yeah, time maybe lucky. maybe 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 we're just gonna throw away all the men from season two and have her marry a completely different one at the end. I don't know, but I I, I definitely like I was, uh, if anything, what it made me feel is that maybe it is time for Sanditon to end. You know, we have San- we have season three coming in March, and I almost feel now like. Where you know what? Okay, we got we got our miracle season. We've seen what we could do with this, and okay, I'm done here. <laughs> I mean, I, season three has a chance to win me back, but I'm I'm not so sure how I feel about this show, and I'm ca- quite worried that I will be extremely disappointed in season three. It's possible Andrew Davis may get bored. Um, he's not even <laughs> writing it. Things I learned. Mm-mm. No, no, he didn't come back. He didn't come back for seasons two and no, three. Season two was some dude named Justin Young. Yeah, hmm. who was a, oh, who, who basically yeah. was one of Davy's assistants on season one. He kind of picked up the ball and ran with it. Oh, he's like a clone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I always found Sanderton very disappointing. <laughs> yes, you were not part of the sisterhood from the beginning. Right. Yeah. Well, it's such a shame because it did address the black population in England at the time. And and that was absolutely admirable because, of course, there is a black character in them, Miss Lamb. They, like, do not know what to do with her, though. Yeah, and that's part of the problem. They're just like, I guess we'll just have her date a fortune hunter again. That'll be new and different. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, speaking of Sanderson season three, let's talk a little bit about what we're expecting for 2023. Is there something you guys are looking forward to? I know personally, I am quite interested in seeing what happens with Marie Antoinette. Ooh, I love that because I love Versailles, which much like Rain and other historical dramas about France of its ilk was wildly inaccurate, but tons of fun. So I am hoping (laughs) that Marie Antoinette will also be wildly inaccurate and tons of fun. Although I hope no one from work is listening to this at this precise moment because it feels like a really weird match with PBS to me, given the fact that I watched all all of Versailles. Yeah, um, I I do feel like um it it makes sense where it's sitting because it's with Call the Midwife and Sanditon, and then it it's the 10 p.m. capper. It's sort of the sexy <laughs> thing at the end of that run. Um, but I don't know. It is it's not as bad a fit as Before We Die was last year. Oh, I don't even remember that show. Um, it was a very bad fit show. Um, so Carmen, what do you, well, I know you're not going to be here, but what, what, what will you be watching? She might come back for some, we might tempt her back. I, I tell never you say what, never. If, if they make, I don't know if you've heard anything, cause I know you, you were more in tune with this, but, um, if, if they end up making the Thursday murder club into a TV series, I would come back and write about that. I don't even know what the Thursday Murder Club is, <gasps> oh, Annie. you don't. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's the Thursday uh, Murder Club. It's the Thursday Murder Club. Do you know who Richard Osman <laughs> is? He's a, he, I don't know. I wish you guys could see like the look on my face right now. It's very clear that I do not know who Richard Osman he's a, is. He's on a lot of panel shows. He's a very tall man with glasses. Um, That's just and- Richard Grant to me. And he's not an actor. He's not, I think. I think that the place I first saw him was pointless. Pointless. Yes. You yes. Should, if you know pointless. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. he started writing this series of books uh, about these people that live in a retirement community, and one of them is a former spy, and she gets her friends to help her solve cold cases, and um, 
<laughs> Leslie Manville used to read the um, the books. She used to narrate them. And I loved her reading them. Now Fiona Shaw has done the last one. Not as good, but, you know, I like Fiona Shaw. But anyway, those are just the books. Um, it's funny. It's a good mystery. It's a lot of friendship between these uh, very different people that live in this community. I think it would be an excellent. Okay, I'm going to pitch this. They should make it into a show. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's on it. Are you, are you looking forward to any shows that exist? <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Um, Steven Spielberg optioned the rights for Tuesday oh. Murder Club for Thursday Murder Club. Okay. Um, and uh, Spielberg is basically really in deep with Apple TV Plus. Ah, uh, okay. Um, now that all that's all we know so far is okay. that Spielberg got a hold of the rights, said he is planning a TV series, and that he is in deep with Apple TV Plus, where that will probably come. Okay. But we haven't actually heard anything beyond that. We haven't heard mm -hmm. anything about production. We haven't heard anything about pre-production. We haven't even heard that Apple TV has greenlit it. Now, okay. to be fair, and I, I want to be very clear about this, Apple TV Plus is probably, to me, the most improved streamer of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100. And that is and that is partly because one of the major turnovers that happened in the last five years is that HBO was bought by AT&T, sold by AT&T, and bought by Discovery. And there has been a mass exodus behind the scenes of HBO talent since 2018. And a very large group of it has basically moved wholesale to behind the scenes of Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, okay. And so that is really the streamer to me to watch first of all just in general because i know that they have really great talent there now to back up the fact that they have all this money something mm -hmm. i'm excited about that's coming to apple tv i assume uh -huh. it's coming this year because they've been talking about it is the show for whatever reason they just keep calling it their remake based on the buccaneers but like just get mm. over it and call it the buccaneers i guess but it, like, it is as yet untitled their, their oh. new buccaneers <laughs> adapted show I'm ready for new Buccaneers adapted show because mm -hmm. I feel like that's a um, it's based on the book by Edith Wharton. Some of you will likely remember the the old masterpiece drama from back in the day that's got like Mira Sorvino in it. But I, that feels to me like a really interesting um, just sort of a, like an interesting way for period drama as a genre to go. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm also just excited mm -hmm. to see Apple do a period drama because they have money like so it will look great. They have money and they now have people, you know, one of the things about Apple TV Plus is when it debuted in 2019, they had money. I mean, they had, C was expensive. The morning show was expensive. Mm -hmm. They were not good. And they didn't have people behind the scenes other than Dickinson, which was an accident, basically. They didn't have people behind the scenes who could really judge what will sell and what will market and what will work. And, like, they swung for the fences. I mean, C was literally a show about, like, an entire population of Earth that had gone blind. And it, it, it cast more blind actors in one show than, like, any anything ever. Like, and it got a bunch of blind actors, like, work in a way that they'd never been able to achieve before. And that's great. But the show was also really terrible and went nowhere. And HBO people know how to make shows that work and they know how to make shows that sell. And I think that's a really great combination and it makes me really hopeful for Apple TV Plus in the future. Also, Ted Lasso season three, please. Thank you. Yes, that would Ooh, be nice. Yes. That's got to be coming soon, right? Like, I know they're done filming. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was originally supposed to come at the end of 2022, but with filming delays and other stuff, like it well, the just whole cast got had to like go to the World Cup or whatever. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's there's been a there's there at this point, it's mostly going to be like, I, I think it's going to be early 2023 or they might just decide screw it and hold it till summer. Um, since it is mostly it is almost certainly going to be the last season. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, so, Janet, what are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to Tom Jones. Oh, yes. Speaking of Ooh. Ted Lasso, because Hannah Waddingham is in that. Oh really? Oh cool. Yes. Yes, she is. Um she is she's the uh she's the the, the highborn lady. Oh right. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um and I don't really know that much about I it. will admit that I never finished the book because Henry Fielding is incredibly boring and that book is hella long. 
<laughs> He's yes. Well, that's what books were in those days. They required um grit and substance. Um he is actually he is actually very funny. Um and I have very fond memories of the old movie with Albert Finney, which did some really brilliant things because one of the things Fielding does, one of his um sort of writing jokes, is that he will start describing um, you know, very ordinary scenes in terms of Greek or Roman mythology. And that film, um, when they needed to explain something like a foundling baby suddenly turning up in the wrong place, they created a black and white movie with the with the speeded up um, speed and um, and the piano music, and it was very very clever. And a lot of a lot of breaking uh, breaking the fourth wall stuff too. It's really ahead of its time. So I can't wait to see what they're going to do with this. Um, I think and they have nice clothes too. I hope. <laughs> The picture, the pictures are very promising. Um, yes. If there's one PBS show that I'm probably looking forward to, it's seeing the end of Endeavor. Um, I have been watching more since I was a child in the 80s. Um, I know that mm, that that most of you guys are not into Endeavor. Sorry, but I again, actually... I regret that no one can see the gestures that I'm making during <laughs> any speech just now. They um, were somewhat I... rude. Um, I am very much <laughs> looking forward to Endeavor wrapping up and sort of getting to the end of Morris. There's not going to be any more Morris. There's no more spinoffs that are like ready to go out the gate. And I think that's to you me. Just it wait feels till like... they like make one about um, what's her face, the daughter. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 Jane Thursday. Uh, yeah. Um, so. I, I am. I, I I'm looking forward to that because I'm looking forward to to basically closure. Um, I'm also looking forward to Ridley, uh, which is the new mystery that they're bringing out um, towards, I, I think, sometime, um, you know, late spring, early summer, something like that, um, which is basically Adrian Dunbar from Line of Duty, um, separated out of his Line of Duty world and given his own show, basically. Um, but I, I, Oh, but he's going to be the same character? No. I, I don't know if he's going to be the same. You know, his, oh. his character is named Ridley. Um, oh that's, no that's, that's not all, the same name okay. it's not the same character but he's <laughs> no. definitely he, but it's the same sort of like you know self-righteous dude doing solving crimes and leading men and all that uh he comes out of retirement because they need him kind of thing um so yeah i i am looking forward to seeing you know i i i'm always here for a good whodunit and i'm i'm very uh, you know masterpiece has a good track record with mystery and i am very hopeful for this um and i i don't want them to disappoint me <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about it but have you is there any word on whether they are going to do another uh, the sequel to magpie murders uh no there has been no word on okay. that whatsoever but um, no one has said been... no so we're just in the uncomfortable limbo of not knowing <laughs> okay speaking of the uncomfortable limbo of not knowing um Something I was looking forward to, which is not coming back, is the Nevers. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm like I one of the only people that really liked that show. But now they're like, I, I guess Laura Donnelly's going to go be in Marvel. I don't know. Um, I do really want to talk about this though because, um, you know, we did talk a bit about Apple TV Plus and how people behind the scenes there are turning over and it's improving. HBO Max and HBO are not doing so well. Um, and they are canceling things that have already been greenlit. Um, Westworld was not just, it, it had been greenlit for season five and the creators were paid through season six and they canceled the whole thing. They, they've canceled the Nevers and they're pulling all the episodes off of HBO Max so they don't have to pay them residuals. I just read that. Yeah. yeah. That is so, that is such an awful thing to do it's very bad practice yes um and that you know one of the things that one of my entertainment friends said to me was who's going to want to work with them if that's the kind of thing that happens that's going to scare production people away and they're not going to bring them shows anymore and their quality is going to decline because you're only as good as your last hit and that to me is a really concerning thing for fans of HBO and I'm something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on next season or next year to see what happens because I, I, I you know, I, I love HBO Max. I love the Great Pottery Throwdown. I hate Susie too. I hate Susie. Um, the, uh, the, the Murders at White House Farm. There were so many good British shows that are hiding out on HBO Max. People don't even know exist. Oh, but they ghosts. never marketed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, there's just so much good stuff. Yeah. And they're not marketing in it. And now they're starting to pull stuff and they're starting to cancel stuff they'd already greenlit. And it's a really bad scene. 
like a really bad scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stars also, Stars has been quietly sort of canceling its stuff that had already greenlit under the cover of HBO Max, sort of blowing up like this. But that's also a really bad sign for them. Um, also a really bad sign. AMC Plus and AMC Networks um are in real trouble. There has been massive turnover behind the scenes. Um, Acorn TV is actually shutting down in places overseas. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. Their whole like idea of a ton- tie a bunch of rocks together and see if they float is basically <laughs> like their model, which you think doesn't it doesn't work. Of course, it doesn't work. Well, hey, look, it doesn't work. Um, I I don't you know Sundance now has great stuff. AMC Plus Interview with a Vampire was way better than it had any right to be. So good. <laughs> like. I- <laughs> yeah, like way better. And everything I've seen from Mayfair Witches so far, way better than has any right to be. And I I I'm really concerned, you know, this is the point we we've had the streaming revolution and all of the streamers have happened. And now we're gonna start mm, folding mm-hmm. in and we're gonna see things start to, to collapse back together. And those are the ones I'm really concerned about going into twenty twenty three. More than shows, I'm actually worried about entire services. <laughs> mm. All right. Does anybody have any final thoughts? <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's hope 2023 makes me watch less bad TV. That's what I'm crossing my fingers for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just, you're not even yeah. bad TV, just disappointing TV. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, I, I would ask who do you want to see as uh, to replace Matt Lucas on the Bake Off? Ooh. Oh, I have no idea. Nadia. Oh, with love. Ah. Oh, that's oh. a lovely idea. What's what is my what is my forever fave Jurgen doing? <laughs> Instead of having a comedian have an actual because they have the history. Mm-hmm. They have old contestants that people love. I mean, um, literally, Netflix has Baking Impossible, which is predicated around the guy who came in second or third on Candace's season. Right, like oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they they can totally do that. I I don't know why they. That's such a Yurkin, good idea. Yurkin, <laughs> <laughs> or like um, who else would it like? Yanus from this season would be great. Um, mm-hmm. no, I don't know. I like the former contestant idea a lot because Lord knows when they pick these comedians for the dumb cold opens, it just makes me want to throw myself out the window. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, especially the especially the last few seasons, the boy energy has been bad. I definitely think they need a woman, mm-hmm. and I think I, and I think and I think that Nadia is a really genius answer, and I applaud you. Nadia would be Nadia is probably too busy Ooh. for that though. Well, Nadia, yeah, but Nadia is great on television. I yeah. mean, she's had yeah. lots of shows. Yeah, if they're gonna, if they were gonna, if they're gonna keep Noel, which I think they are, they I should get, so. they should get Helen Garcia because they were the, they oh, were the, like, go- the the goth girl girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> That's they'd a really be great together. Too. They had a lot of chemistry. They did. <laughs> yeah, they could share nail polish and everything. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. Is that is that a is that a fun note to end? Well, on I think there? that's a great. Note to end it's on. happier than some of our discussions, but since we have gone slightly <laughs> over what we normally do on this supersized episode to close out the year, um, yeah, everybody, share your your New Year's greetings or whatever you want, and where they can find you on the internet. Carmen, you can go first. Well, um, yeah, I I hope that uh, at some point maybe I'll. I'll be back around, and um, in the meantime, I'm going to figure out my life. Um, but <laughs> admirable goals. That is my 2023 goal: is to not be late all the time, and <laughs> and just a little bit more calm about everything. So, um, yeah, but I I will still be uh, watching PBS. I will still be watching British TV, and I'll probably comment about it occasionally on Twitter if. Twitter survives uh, at, <laughs> at Brit <laughs> at Brit Telly Addict. <laughs> That's where you can find me. All right, Janet, you are up. Okay, um, you can find me on Twitter um, as Janet underscore Mullaney, um, but I have a very minimal presence because I'm really only there for pictures of people's pets and um, archaeology. And I'm also on Facebook, which I'm even worse on. 
So there you have it. <laughs> and I just wish everybody a happy new year. And, you know, things will get better, I hope. And uh, take care. All right. And uh, you can find me all over the internet at any bundle um, because that's basically my handle. And I basically run around squatting on it on every single like social media thing that comes out the woodwork and says, hey, I'm going to be the next Twitter. And I'm like, you know, you might not be, but I'm still just going to squat here just in case. <laughs> um, you can also find me at any at Miss Any Bundle on Facebook because Facebook wouldn't let me be at Any Bundle because Facebook is not nice. Um, let's see. You can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their very fuzzy bellies at Any Bundle at Instagram. And uh, I'm a staff writer at Elite Daily and the associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. And um, this week I'm writing about uh, The Witcher Origins. Um, so uh, that's my big Christmas thing to cover. Uh, so, you know, if you want to know what I wrote this week, basically just, um, I don't know, follow me somewhere on social media and I'll probably post a link. Uh, and I guess that leaves me. I am at LaceyMB on Twitter until the fail whale blows and also basically everywhere else on the internet under that same handle. I don't know, guys. This has been this has been another year that has felt like several years. So my resolution is to try to be a little bit kinder to myself. And I think probably everybody could maybe embrace that. Uh, if you would like to be kind to us, you can follow us on social media at Televisions Blog, all one word on Facebook, and Tele underscore Visions on Twitter. See what I did there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're at televisions.org and we are hoping that everyone who likes what we do might consider visiting us and clicking on that donate button up top to help us keep making all of the content that we do throughout 2023 and beyond. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. It is uh, happy holidays, I guess, because that's also happening before the New Year. What is time? <laughs> um, it's been a rough year, I know, for a lot of people. It's been an adjusting year, I know, for a lot of people. But we are really grateful for all of you out there in the dark, as Gloria Swanson would say, listening to us and engaging with us and sharing our stuff and sometimes even sending us rude emails. We appreciate all of it, even though those <laughs> go into the trash. But uh, I don't know. Thank you. You guys make this fun. You're the reason that we do it. And I hope that you will come back in 2023 and hang out with us some more. In the meantime, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. And uh, we will see you in 2023. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>